Beth just said goodbye to her polka dot heels. Goodbye. She sold them on Mercari to Shelly, who gladly said hello. Just after she said goodbye to a set of bright orange cookware. Really, Mom? Citrus? They sold quickly on Mercari to Dan. Oh, these are groovy. Then Dan sold his rollerblades on Mercari. Bye-bye. I bike now. Which took us back to where we started with Beth, who said hello, rollerblades. Whee! Buy and sell almost anything from home with Mercari, your marketplace. Find it on the app stores or Mercari.com. When I saw Menace to Society, I really contemplated sitting inside my brother's car to rob a store. Yo, we're back for another episode of The Cray. I think, yes. this, is, I think this is our 300th episode, Sean. Uh, 299th, but close. Okay, man. Oh, we're dude, we're, we're like we're, we're right on the eve of gold watches. Number one in the country. We are, right? Number I thought it was one. number one globally. No, Unofficial in, numbers, in, of course. In the country. <laughs> <laughs> we're still here, baby. But we got a lot of great guests here tonight. Yeah, we got, a, we, got a, we got a couple really good guests. We got, of course... One of my favorites, legend status, Miss Macy Gray. Yes. And then, of course, Alan Hughes. Yes. Video director extraordinaire, music director extraordinaire, great Dude, guy. He's made some of the greatest films ever, man. I mean, Minister Society, Dead Menace President. Menace Society. Book of Eli from Hell. Eli, I mean, from hell. Crazy. He crushes it, man. The Defiant Ones, I fucking love it. One half of too. the Hughes Brothers. One half of the Hughes Brothers. We yes. couldn't get the full Hughes Brothers. We yeah. got one we half. We got one half. Brothers. Yeah, well, they're twins, bro, so it's the same shit anyway, it's right? Same it's, shit. Yeah, it's they're like, kind of like, similar, you fun. know? So, Definitely. yeah, crazy week. It's been crazy, you know? Yeah. And let's get into the cray. Let's get into the cray. That man right there. Right there. Is legendary filmmaker, yep, producer, yep, Alan Hughes. Alan Hughes, hello. hello. <laughs> well, listen. First off, Hi, welcome, guys. welcome to the to the cray. Uh, we're super excited to have you. It's a lot of stuff we want to talk about, from politics to Tupac to movies to documentaries. You're doing it all right now, and, and you look good. You look good. Do I look effervescent? Effervescent. I mean, highly moisturized. You're, you're, you're glowing. You're glowing. You do. I think it's the lights, though, man. But but you got to glow for sure. Yeah, you gotta what's glow. the theme? The theme? No, not with me. Like with the theme you of the show. Whole, you guys, the whole show. What's the theme? You know, we live in crazy times. A lot of crazy shit is happening, and I think this is like the the, the best place to come to kind of like let it all hang out, so to speak. Right. right. So and, and, and we also need to, to talk, see man. and see how long you could do that before you get canceled. You know what I mean? That's so why I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I sweat, bro. I like, sweat every time I'm on my way here. I'm like, asking. today's the day. Yeah. Today's, today's the day. day. You say some dumb shit, and it's a canceled. And, yeah. Did you hear that shit? That and I got. Very mixed feelings about my man Quentin Tarantino and his films, but did you hear what he said on Joe Rogan about Bruce Lee? No, what he no, said. What so he, he says. So he, I was wearing Bruce Lee's shirt today. That's why I was thinking about it. First of all, it's, it's only like one Asian super juggernaut hero in the last hundred thousand right, years. Right, yeah, right. Right. You, you threw the nigga up against the car and embarrass his leg. Right, Leave it right, at that. Yeah, right, right, yeah. Right, I guess right. he's on Joe Rogan today. He's like, well, you know, or a few days ago, you know, Bruce Lee didn't respect American stuntmen, and he got his ass whipped because people are like asshole. Bruce Lee is American, is American. Right. Yeah. And, right. and it turns out that the original scene as written, Brad Pitt was meant to really beat his ass, and Brad was like, cute, like, it's Bruce Lee, man. It's yeah. Bruce Lee. Like, why but, you want to do that? You know, now we're in these interesting times, to your point, right. that, you know, like these- Well, I mean, how, these, when, did, these, when these, did that drop? When did that pod drop? That was like, it, it just, just had to be the last 48 just, hours. Yeah, last 48 out, hours, yeah. and there's not a whole stop Asian hate campaign against, like, Tarantino, yeah. I mean- you know, I mean, but I see, think the, like, but see I that's, think that's, that's an interesting. Calling, that's an interesting. But if you're calling an Asian American 
un-American, I mean, it's a little bit of a problem. You know, I remember Chris Abdul Jabbar came huh? out with like yeah, a nice piece immediately after Once Upon a Time in Hollywood came out, and he was basically talking about how he and Bruce Lee were friends and how Bruce Lee was just never this petty, egotistical guy that would want to fight, you know, mm-hmm. on set, and he was really upset with the scene. Yeah. In the film, and this came yeah, out. Yeah, I think like I think. Listen, I'm a Bruce Lee fan too. Yeah, me I think, too. Like, I got know, a Bruce but, Lee room in my house, literally with everything Bruce Lee ever did. Right. I got Bruce Lee's pajamas. I'll say two things about one. One, he's got some of the greatest quotes of all time, okay. man. In, in terms of inspirational quotes, you yeah. know, him and Ali. Right. That's number one. Number two is, I, I can't remember what it was, but it's a buddy of mine was Asian. Well, I mean, I've obviously I have a few Asian friends, and they said growing up, the only person they could look at to that represented them. Who was sexualized was Bruce Lee. By the way, that's the thing to underscore. They say who was sexualized. Yeah, because they asexualize all Asians in Hollywood. Right. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it was like, you know, and I and then I kind of felt that. I went, yeah, man, I get it. You know, yeah. my son, my son's half, um, you know, Hispanic. On his obviously on his mom's side, not my Jew side. Yeah, not that side. And uh, not on my Jew ass side. Mazel tov. But um. You know, and I look at it and I kind of go like, man, you know, there's there's a lot of cool Hispanics, you know, and I, I but I think there could be more that represent more, you know, for in, in different areas, not just. And this, I can't speak for every, I, I can't speak for everybody, but Bruce Lee was fly in the hood, like first, 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 first in the urban community. I remember growing up as a kid. Everybody got the nunchucks. Everybody right. doing karate chops. Shit, I had all that right. too, man. You know what I mean? Like, and so, Kung Fu, David Carradine. You guys were going to do oh that. Oh, my God. Point. Listen, that was his idea. That got, they wouldn't cast him. But you, O'Neill just hit it. Black folks blew Bruce Lee up first. Right. First. He was an urban hero He was first. an urban hero and those first. nickel theaters. Yep. You know? right. Yep. And, and then he blew up after that. So when we watched this, and I don't want to get, because I'm a filmmaker, I don't want to talk too much about another filmmaker but right. and we were talking before we got came on about you know when you look at the the woke culture to the left and then you look all the way to the right they're they're all assholes on both extremes right right, right. Yeah. but there is this middle ground where you're like come on man like brad says bruce man what the fuck it's man? bruce right it's <laughs> you know? bruce yeah. when they threw right. bruce into fuck, the side man. of the car i was, I was like what that's Bruce <laughs> but I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. but so much of it is fucking. I, I don't know, you know. I mean, how much of it? Is it better if I ask it as a question? How much of it is just supposed to be like kind of like hyperbole and exaggeration? I feel like the him? whole film, the yeah, whole film, because was. you watch was totally yeah. different from reality. The whole film, but so was the glorious bastards. No narrative. No, I enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. See, I turned. I saw that scene, but I tuned out, man. Like an hour into it, dude. I, that the cars were whipping through the Hollywood Hills. I'm like, first off, no motherfucker drives through the hills that fast without traffic. Yeah. Two, I get stuck behind <laughs> every fucking every fucking delivery Amazon truck. Motherfuckers parking. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, these motherfuckers just ripping around the hills. And also, I do that every day. So I'm like, the fuck, I want to watch other people do it for you. You know what I mean? But like, I just passed out. I think I might have had a mild case of COVID or something. But mild? mild. No, I didn't. Is there a mild case? It was pre-COVID. Pre-COVID. You know? I want his beard barber. Oh no, his shit is immaculate. He's like he like an R and B singer. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> big, big on the fade, man. Big on the fade. He's young, man. He's young. His, his, you know what I mean. His, his hair's still new. Our hair is like scraggly. It's fucking. The colors are changing. I'll be thirty four next Jesus month. Jesus Christ, thirty three. That's what I'm he's the baby, man. He's the baby, you know. Back hair older than you is fucking crazy. I can't even grow a beard, man. I got no facial hair here or there, you know. It's just uh, you like keep shaving one spot, you'll get it. I saw this uh, clip of of uh, uh, Dick Gregory right before he passed. Yeah. 
and he was talking about the Miles Davis film, and he looked like an old Snoop Dogg, and he's telling the reporter, it's a black, light-skinned black, and yeah. he's like, you like that shit, nigga? Yeah. You yeah. like that shit, nigga? Yeah. Shame on you. He's like, that Miles Davis movie that yeah, was yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, they, 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 the outfits weren't even right. The, right. The, 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 my, right. Yeah, he went in. I love when he, he did went go, in. I love when he go, huh? Oh, that's it. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's you, you like that shit? Huh? Oh, you said it too. Yo, that's it. I was, and I said to myself, I want to do podcasts when I'm 70 just for my, you know, because then you could just play. fuck all these niggas, yeah. man. Hey, fuck everyone. Yeah. Well, I think I think we're kind of we're trying to find like the way to do that now without without alienating anybody. You know? <laughs> yo, <laughs> now he pulled back. Yo, he, he did, yeah. did pull back. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, we're trying to figure out. We're trying to figure out how to say. I'm trying to figure out how to say fuck you to everybody yeah. without actually while I'm unfucking uh, them. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> But no, then, you know, yo, I would say one thing about that that is is so funny. I didn't see that, but I was watching that Son of Sam doc that they it? just did. Yo, it was it was pretty good, man. It was kind of cool because it was about this one journalist I forgot his name who who was kind of like his theories that Son of Sam was part of this greater. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you know, like yeah. this cult. He was yeah, part yeah. of a cult of, of multiple killers, and those killings were done by several people. Yeah. But the best thing I forgot the top cop in Manhattan is like addressing the press. And and it's a room full of like hundreds of people, and somebody fires out a question. He goes, "Shut the fuck up!" He's like, "You could ask me at the other fucking day, fucking like." And I'm paraphrasing. I don't know. If this isn't the exact words, but he's screaming, "Fuck you, you fucking this!" And I'm like, "Holy shit, man! That was like 40 years ago." Press conference had a whole <laughs> different vibe. Wow, <laughs> bro, it was crazy. What was network it? was that one on? It was, it was it was just like a Netflix thing. I think okay. it's on Netflix. Oh, it was Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, it's like right. a four-part series or something. Yeah. It's really good, man. It was good. I mean, it's not as good as The Night Stalker, but, the, but you know, they're I both good. I really like The Night Stalker that much. See, I liked it because the, the guy Tiller, man, he really gets into the characters, right? You know what I mean? That's part the of his cops, thing. They it's got like, into the life. Yes, the, that's, yeah. and that's what I kind of like is like, you know, most most docs just follow the thing. Yeah. I mean, we're going to talk to you because you made yeah. one of the best docs in the last decade. You know what I mean? Oh, that series. Yeah. The Defiant Ones, you know? The Kings, the Marvin Hagler. Sugar Ray Leonard, Duran, and uh, I haven't seen Hitman that yet. One on that's, I like no, that I gotta one. see that. So like, that's my that's I'll my check that out this weekend. It must be that's really good because he don't weekend. like shit. So it, it must be really Dog. good. Yo, I loved Hagler, man. I was real sad when Hagler died, oh, and then Hitman Hearns, man. He, yep. you know. <laughs> I got job. a little autograph yeah. picture from uh, Hitman Hearns. My buddy Mike Young got me. Uh, yeah, Detroit, of course, Detroit, yeah. man. But let's talk to Alan, man. Where should we start with this? No, let's talk about the crate politics. You know, you made the vote mass, and everybody was. Was rocking it, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Joe Biden, Barack Obama. Why at that point did you feel like you needed to do that? Well, you did. You know, with the the vote campaign, you were, like a year ago. This was after all the George Floyd stuff, you know. And I've been wanting to go like as an image maker and a guy that loves marketing too more mm-hmm. than anything. I'm like, man, how could I take my talent and do something with it that is meaningful? And we were all frustrated. It doesn't matter what side of the fence we were on. Most of us with a brain were on the right side of the fence going, damn, we have to really turn out and vote. And the message was, I don't care, <clears throat> Republican, Democrat, Independent, people just need to vote. And just yeah. shut the fuck right. up. Let's just stop arguing and bickering. Right. Just vote. So I'm hiking one day, and this is back when nobody had anything on mask. You know, like it was just mask. Right. <clears throat> I had an idea for the midterms a couple of years ago. I was working with Jimmy Iovine about putting duct tape over people's and put like prison reform education oh that's that, cool, this is man. like this is like two years ago 
Great, I Jimmy would have sold that company for like one bill. Or yeah. something. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be like, you know, the duct tape man. The duct tape man. It's a great idea, Alan. You did a great job. You did a great job. You put the duct tape on your desk. Oh, man. I was in the sticks, though, and I was like, yo, man, everyone feels so like repressed right now and they can't say anything and they can't express themselves and the look of a mask I just thought it was black mask and I said vote right white like the defiant ones yeah logo, you know and I ran down a hill and then I really because the first five months it was all celebrities yeah you yeah, know yeah, everyone yeah. from Larry David Magic mm-hmm. John, you name it everyone right. was rocking it yep mm-hmm. big viral camp free right. I did it for free I had no money I had no backing except for partnered with Michelle Obama's When We All Vote which mm-hmm. is Really good partner, so when I say I have no partner, and then Bloomingdale's, which sold it online and in the stores, and then the the two weeks before the election, Barack Obama, the first time he walked out on stage, to, we've hadn't heard from him, he walked out with the mask. Wow. I, boom, and it was yeah. on every event, even yeah. that three pointer he right. shot. Man, and so this is what yeah. I do. He had it on. Joe didn't wear it until the. Until the Georgia runoff, which was dope after the election, mm. how do we get, how do we get to this place where where the dialogue is just you know the rhetoric is just so far off and, and people can't find a middle ground to communicate <laughs> you anymore know, I, yeah. and people are being held to like yeah. this task yeah. uh, you know yeah. to you know of of what they say and how they do it. I mean, you know, I think I, I actually it, think right? it's real simple. I think this is really simple. You know, if you look at like in the entertainment business, let's just talk about movies. There are no men anymore. There's I no thought, Clint Eastwoods no more. There's no, no Mel Gibsons anymore. Pre-Jew shit, by the way. Uh, you know, there's no No, they Denzel's find some and then they stick them in like Marvel so, movies. Yeah, you know? yeah. But no, but, be men but, but quite right. frankly, there's no men in those movies. I'm, I'm just going to go right, right. right now and just say, we don't... So if there are no men, then we're... I give women more credit. There, There's some women you could find out there, right? Right. Worth, worth something. There's no leadership. Right. So you look at what's happening. With so you, but you, so that you agree because a couple other people in pods I've heard they talk about like the emasculation of of uh, of Americans. I mean, oh hell yeah! Oh yeah, right. yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. There's no. I mean, yeah. you're getting canceled, yeah. bro. <laughs> I'm gonna cancel myself. <laughs> Me too, man. That's yeah. why I'm doing yeah. a pod. Like, I think you have to change the name. Sliding into the cancel. The cancel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We might. The, the cancel. No, I just think that you know the guys I grew up watching. You know, they were there. There was masculinity. You know what I mean. And I think that a, yeah. we are at this kind of mm-hmm. critical time where the content will get shrunken, and like the kind of stories well, we this, see though. will Check shrink. Check this out, though. When you watch news going deeper to what you're saying beyond masculinity right now, but to to what we're talking about, there's only one guy I watch every night, which is Brian Williams on on, on MSNBC because you know, he right. shoots. He shoots. He's an old school newsman. Yeah, right. you know? and he's also one of the first guys who got canceled. Yeah, and he, he right. Yeah, he got canceled. so when you look when when we all came up, there was Peter Jennings, there was Tom Brokaw, Hugh Dan, Dan Rather, those three. Rather, yeah. Yeah. There was those three. Yeah. Them on, I like Brokaw, man. I always and fuck with Brokaw. Tom I mean, Brokaw. I see Tom Brokaw him, I see was him now. Official. He's, yeah. he's right. official. Yeah, right. see, he's gotten so old, man. He reminds me how old I've gotten. You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> But they're official. Yeah. yeah. And now you don't have the reason why I watch Brian Williams. I go, oh, this dude's. He's, he's like that of that era. He's that official. Yes, yes, yeah. Because yes. cool. Dan Rather yeah. made me feel safe. He did? Oh, yeah. Dan Rather? Dan Rather made me feel safe. Barbara Walters made me feel safe. 
Christi, Christiane Amanpour. 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 Yo, she's yeah. pretty hardcore, man. She's dope. She did yeah. some dope yeah. Uh, yeah, war dope. coverage, man. Right. You know what I mean? Is this like a weed table? Is this what this is? Oh, this is the cray tray. The cray tray. Yeah. yeah, you want to give you a 90-second shout-out right now give to Neanderthal people? Shout-out to our boys, Chris Jones and company over at Neanderthal Fire Company for hooking us up with this special surprise, the cray tray. Before the election, though, when the culture is going around making these Karen videos. Right. Yeah. Okay. I said, we got a problem. Now, this may be controversial. You know, you go, you guys are alienating white women now? Right. I'm talking about liberals. Yeah. And Democrats. Right. Yeah, you could, you know, clown for a little bit, call a few women Karen, like for a few weeks, right. then move on. Right. Now, this whole Karen thing is just... It took off. Oh yeah, it's you know, the yeah. baby name Karen. Dangerous. Oh, oh no. Dr- like, no, no one named. No, there's a Karen new movie anymore. on BET called Karen. Is it BET that yeah, uh, it, that god awful film? You got yeah. a film called yeah. Karen. Yeah, uh, you know the actress. I forgot her name. The little blonde chick. Uh, uh, what's that really narrows really it down. Who the fuck wants to play the role of Carrie? <laughs> well, you you know it. Like, hey, I would love to play the role of Carrie. <laughs> yeah, that fucking Carrie. She's in the airport. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's playing Karen in, in this black family, moves into this predominantly white neighborhood, and it's like her job to get them out, and the movie's called Karen. I think it's on BET. I don't want to throw BET the bus. Because everyone was like, this is a rip-off Who, of Jordan Pierce. Out, so, you know, yeah, well, that's yeah. true, exactly. Yeah. What I saw when Barack got elected... With the whole hope campaign, mm-hmm. what I saw was just nationwide pride and inspiration. At least from my perspective, it seemed like everybody celebrated the fact that this change was coming for like six months. But what really six went months yeah. after he became president? But then you could see it. He got like a grace period, right, with mm-hmm. Congress, and then it sl- slowly slid into opposition, which plays to your point, mm-hmm. right? Let me say let me say something, man. Like the bottom line here is let's just talk about human beings. When you look at Trump, when you look at Josh Hawley, when you look at Ted Cruz, when you look at Marjorie Taylor Taylor Green, these are pieces of shit. These I people think Marjorie are, people, Taylor Green's a monster. These people are pieces of shit though. Like let's just step back from the politics. When you talk about the seventy five vote million people that voted for Trump, these are mothers and fathers. Seventy two, but seventy five though. Oh, was yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. These wow. are mothers and fathers and grandparents and whatever right. who know that this man's a piece of shit. And right. he still voted. And they got children and they got grandchildren and they don't care. Yeah. Right. Okay, so when people go, wait a minute, not all seventy five people are stupid. Like, oh, I, that's true. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, oh, they got they got hate in their hearts. Right. You got hate in their hearts. They got hate in their hearts. But listen, listen, we can talk about politics, religion. For hours, let's get into this Tupac documentary, man. Because we're talking about, you know, Tupac was, you know, he was derived from a Black Panther. He understood. He was a young kid rapping about, you know, he said uh, Bill Clinton, Mr. Bob Doe. You can't understand where this game's told. Mm-hmm. So he was talking about politics. He was talking about the state of America. He was talking about young black people and how, you know, uh, uh, cops killing kids, the whole shit. So let's talk about your relationship with Tupac. Let's talk about this documentary. Like, how did it all begin? It's interesting that Tupac, after all that crazy last year of his life, has become a beacon for social justice is what it is. Yeah. You know, well, that's he's, interesting. he's just become fucking iconic. I, I mean, he's a rock Him state. Him and Biggie beyond. are just yeah. fucking iconic. Yeah. You know? it's like I, and I don't think, and, and, I, and I personally love, like, Biggie's my guy, yeah. right? But Biggie doesn't have the global impact of, of like, Tupac is a right. rock star. Yeah. Right. Beyond right. hip-hop, you know? A global and icon. Global icon, yeah. but... 
to his background with his mother and what I've learned about the Panthers, they were a very inclusive organization. They in, in, accepted white people, gay people. They were not, people think they're like a black race, you know, like racist nationalists. They were not that. Tupac came up in a very eclectic culture around the Panthers, you know, and that's what I'm learning about his, his upbringing is that he's, and you see Tupac in the interviews, you see him when he's out and about because there's a condition that black folks sometimes have where they, they, get, they, they get a little tight around white people, right. especially when they get in the CEO's office, they get a little tight, you know. <laughs> right. Tupac was not tight because he was around it, and, right. and, and he had loved ones that were from all cultures. So I'm learning that about him, but I met him when we were both 19, and I was doing his his first music video on one of our first right. music videos, you know. Brendan's yeah, well, you guys, how'd you guys get, you guys saw that, like, again, I was just, you know, I've known you for a long time, man, and, and I was like, you know, I never really looked, like, through Alan's, like, history in his mm-hmm. past, and I was looking up to it, and I'm like, shit, man, before you guys even made Menace, yeah. you guys had done, like, big music videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You did it for mm-hmm. Pac, you did it for um, my dude from the 90s that I fucking did Too Short. Did uh, Tone Loke even? Tone Loke, that's yeah, what yeah. I was thinking of, Digital man. Underground, NWA. You check out, you, know. you got to make the call on them portions. You know, it's, it's crazy for me because, like I said, I grew up in South Carolina. I, I can remember being in my living room watching Brenda's Got a Baby, the black and white video. He's wearing the UNLV. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you walking beside him mm-hmm. uh, in the in the street. And, and you know, like I said, obviously we're friends now. We've been friends since 2005. Mm-hmm. It's still crazy that you had an opportunity to be around Tupac and, and that whole movement. Did you know then Tupac was going to be as big as he is now or even a superstar? You know, it's funny. that You asked that question because that was a second music video. We did three of his first music videos. We met him on our first music video, which was a digital underground crew right. video, you know. And I met him at a walk. We, we went up to meet Raw Fusion, which was Money B, and Dave was the white DJ Fuse. And we went to go meet. Oh shit! Somebody's coming in. <laughs> we, went to, we went to go meet. Uh, I went to go meet um, the the digital underground guys at a, a Waffle House. But this guy Money B was the star of the, uh, and this guy Dave was. These are the guys in the group. And there's Shock G, and there's there's this kid at the end of the table who was hilarious. He was just roasting everyone. I didn't know who he was. He was Tupac hadn't had an album. Juice didn't come out, and I just was taken with this kid. So I went to the bathroom. He came to the bathroom. He was like, I just signed a record deal. I saw you guys. There's little short films. This is our first, before we even yeah. shot our first music video. Our first music video. He goes, I'm going to get them. I'm going to hire you for my first music videos. I'm like, bullshit, whatever. But I was so taken with them. The next day when we showed up, me and my brother couldn't sleep that night. We were so excited because it's literally our first professional day right. shooting something. And I just kept asking, when's Tupac coming? When's Tupac coming? I told him to show up because we were going to shoot a Back then, you would shoot little short film before the video to show that you're a director, you know? Right, right. And um, <laughs> just waiting. I'm just waiting for this guy to show up with this funny name. And he finally showed up, and I put him right in the middle of the scene. And you can look the music video up. It's called Throw Your Hands in the Air. Raw Fusion is the group. And everybody, shock is there, whatever. You could see something special about this dude. That I waited for him, you know, and he's wow. not even the group i'm there for but it was it was a legitimate collab collaborative effort with you guys over the years and also a friendship oh right? yeah I mean, and you know, know he, it he went a little south he, at one he point got he's he the reason story. why menace got a green light because because uh bob shea at new line says you got to hire a platinum uh, rap artist in order to, by the way tupac was in platinum he right he didn't know that right um but the friendship was was it, it wasn't just 
business. Like, right. I would pick him up at Burbank Airport because he lived in Oakland at the time. And I remember at first, O'Neill, to answer your question, he would always pop his tapes in. And I didn't like what he was doing with his voice because he would double his voice up a lot. And I thought he had a real rich voice. I'm like, why is he doing all this doubling shit? And, you know, I, I, he's got such a rich voice. And we did a first music video was called Trapped, which is about, you know, black males in, mm-hmm. the, in the prison system and you know, the culture trapped, you know. And that that did well. We st- started shooting Brendan's Got a Baby like two months later, and I put my eye through the lens when he was sitting with that little girl, mm-hmm. you know, that little mm-hmm. baby girl. And I went, holy fuck, I just see the, just the symmetry alone and just, every, I was like, I just got, I got, I was like, this dude is a star. Right, right. And, but to walk around the world, whether you're in Africa or Paris or whatever, and to see his image like that, I never would have thought. Never would have thought. Never would have thought. I knew he was, I knew he was definitely, spe- he had an energy. Yeah. Like he come right. in the room, I don't care if Tom Cruise and. Denzel right. were in the room. No one's looking at those dudes. They're they're gonna fuck with Tupac before he was famous. Right, he had that kind got of got you, yeah. got you. So he just had that energy, that yep. vibe. Yep. So yep. How, about this this documentary, how did this documentary happen? Like, how mm-hmm. did it come into place? Because, like I said, when when, when I met you in two thousand five. I remember when we first met. We was joking, and you like this. You like this nigga look like Tupac coming out of a microwave, a little like like they threw Tupac in a microwave and threw him back out. He was you, and you know when when I got the call from you to come work on the Tupac doc, you know I was I was gassed, do some voiceover stuff, some standing stuff. I was like super gassed. Just for me, it became full circle watching you and Tupac on TV, and now being on set and being in the sound booth and. I'm robbing Tupac. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So that was crazy to me. So how did this documentary become full circle? I'm watching your hands right now because uh, in the edit, I said, who's itty bitty hand is that playing, <laughs> playing Tupac's hand? And it was, who's, they go, I thought, it was your, I thought it was Jarrell, like the big guy. Yeah. And he goes, no, that's O'Neal because it's supposed to be Tupac at the top. Yo, that's funny, bro. <laughs> I just was in the edit room today. I go, whose fucking hand is that? They go, no, that's O'Neal's hand. Um, Yo, that's funny, man. <laughs> no, what, what happened was, I was set to do. So what is it? But it's a recreation. That's what you're talking about. Like, I don't believe in those. So, so then it, how it's is like, it? It's a, no, it's just a, it's like these very specific visuals. I believe in this five part docu series I'm doing right now. Like, I'm only gonna shoot like um, objects, you know, like environments, street signs, and people's fingers, and people. You know, and my you, little hands. You feel, yeah, you know, no reenactments. <laughs> I don't know why. I went no, I don't like reenactments. Cut that part out. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't like. No, we tried it. Either, I actually, I actually shot reenactments. Yeah, I'm not, like, I, like, I, I don't like docs or reenactments, man. They pull me out of that shit. You yeah. know what I mean? I was set to do the Marvin Gaye feature film three years ago. We uh, working with Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine to get the rights and this stuff. Right. I hadn't. That was the only thing I had in the agenda. Then I got a call from the Tupac estate, and they said they wanted to meet because all I knew was that Steve McQueen, the director from the UK, was going to do right. the Tupac. Documentary. Right. I guess it. It didn't work out, and and they called me, and they they were very sweet, and they just, you know, in a very sweet way, said we really would like you to do this this film, and I said I I don't know if I can because there there is an emotional thing with me and Tupac and our history, and it didn't end well, although we didn't. Make right, that, that's what I was referring yeah. to. Yeah. I remember you told me a story mm-hmm. like there was like just some altercation, yeah. and there were all the guys around, and it was yeah. just yeah. kind of. And his fans are his fans are nuts. 
Right. You know, not all of them. But Yo, they're, they're, by the way, extreme. by the yeah. way, everybody's fucking fans are nuts. That's true. Everybody's real fans. Are Everybody <laughs> fans are crazy. <laughs> real fans. Fanatic. And you just mentioned the Marvin Gaye movie, so mm-hmm. that just got announced a week ago in mm-hmm. the big trade magazines. Mm-hmm. So, like, let's talk about that. Like, how did that even happen? The Marvin Gaye movie. So you said you already were locked in three years ago. Yep. Oh, but that's yeah. so that's moving forward. So that'll come after the Park doc. Yeah. But see, you're, you're, we're always so naive in this business. Like, oh right. man, I'm gonna get this Marvin Gaye. It's gonna happen next year. It doesn't happen like that. Yeah, you gotta t- get the script right. You gotta yeah, get the public, everything, you know, man. Right, right. Bro, so, I've been running around that book, the book that look, we talked about. I had that thing for 20 years already, man. Say to oh, wow. Mike. But the Iceberg Slim. That's a yeah. big uh, property he has there. I'm telling you, that's a well, big... Well, I wrote a draft of yeah. it. That's how I got involved. I wrote yeah. a draft. Of course, they hired a Jewish kid from Long Island to do a draft. Of <laughs> that's right. Second best, best-selling <laughs> black written novel in history. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I did a draft of it back in the day. And, and, and then, you know, there were all these chain of title issues. And somehow, a group of us came out and got the rights. But, you know, I'm, I don't want to do anything creative on it. I look at myself as kind of like a custodian. Yeah, you know, but still, but look, how long, so look how long that, that journey. I remember. In yeah, because I've been, but I've been precious, bro. I mean, I could have given that to a million people already, but I'm always like, yo, I want Alan. Mm, yeah. You know, you mentioned McQueen. I want like mm-hmm. top level guy to take that and go do what they want to do. But that is, I got, I got to say something to that because that is what I'm most proud of about the Marvin Gaye uh, feature film deal. Is I kept saying like, we're not gonna take peanuts. We're not going to do this chitlin circuit bullshit they do with black artists and black IP right. and books and whatever. Yeah, it's got to be, you know, I've got to have creative control. It's got to be a green light. And yeah. it's got to be this kind of budget because I know what the ambition is here. Right, I have a lot of black friends in the business. They go, they always ask me. They go, why isn't what, like we don't have any like definitive Godfather or, or Raging Bull or you know. Amadeus, even like a definitive. Well, that's but that's you know. what always what I thought the Iceberg Slim was, man, because yeah. that's like the birth of the American inner city kind of. You but know, my point is, but. though, if you, if, 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 I don't care if you get it made, right? It, 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 if, if it's not, uh, how do you say like authentic, innovative, right? Yeah, I'm talking about cinematically innovative, right. organically mm-hmm. analog style. Too, I'm not right. talking about this bullshit, right? Like, right. if right. it's not like classic. Because there's not a definitive one. There yeah. hasn't been. Right. There's. By the way, we're in a great era. There's a lot of black filmmakers and writers and producers doing really good work right, right. now. So that's right. not even front. However, there still isn't a hands down, undisputed like classic, classic, classic. Right. They're hood classics. Yeah. Yeah. Like 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 belly. Like belly. And menace is but hood classics. Menace is a side juice. Yeah. Menace, when I saw Menace to Society, I really contemplated sitting inside my brother's car to rob a store. I thought about like, like I'm serious. He's serious too. I, mean, I, was, I sat in. I had I had the gun in my lap, and it, and, and I didn't know what I was going in there to get. Whether I wanted some money, some Cheetos, but Menace was so this. It was so amazing. It you were was inspired. Art. It was art, and it made a motherfucker want to get ill. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, and then we rolled off and we went to uh, Dairy Cream. It's like an ice cream shop, and we just had ice cream instead. So, so I, I didn't. I didn't. So you went. You went the one yeah. anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, no, I, he I, went. Uh, he went the end. The boys in the hood instead. Yeah, yeah. He went home like Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah, he I got the ice. Cream. I was like, Nah, I'm not gonna rob anybody today. Talked him in. I was like, Game over. But yeah, you know how to look at. You know how to look at a person's life, whether it's Dre, whether it's Iovine, and really kind of disseminate it right from character. Following the bio of just even the work, and and and, and you really got 
a very good sense about those guys, but you know, yeah. with, with the doc, yeah. you know. So I think and that, I knew those dudes for so long, yeah. right? You know? Yeah, yeah. But so, it was like you were exactly, and it felt like you were in it because I remember you telling me when we were talking about doing pimp together when we were kind of working on that thing. You were like, "Yeah, man, I, I can't deal with this, this kind of process." I'm getting ready to do this like doc on Dre and Iavine and, and and I don't remember if you told me that or if for you know the producer Mike Sugar told me that. But I remember thinking going like what the fuck are you talking about? The guy's making a doc like on yeah, Iavine. Uh, yeah. I'm like, what could that yeah. possibly entail? Be, yeah. <laughs> and then it drops and it's like this it's, five, six, twelve, eighty fucking parts. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like watching it and I'm like, Holy shit, man. I'm like no, it was, it was like the archival, the yeah. way you just yeah. kind of tell a story, whether it's like his relationships, you know, yeah. Stevie Nicks, and he's sharing stuff. And I always had a vision for that space, though. When I did American Pimp, I did my research. Another, another brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I, was like, right. I was like, these things can actually, I remember when I used to take scenes to Richard Puebler, I would show him scenes while, we're making, while I was making the, the fine ones. And he'd go, oh, yeah, he'd of course, go Alan, course. Alan, this thing is punching above its weight. This thing he would always say, this thing is punching above his weight. I'm like, I I knew what he was saying. Yeah, you know what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, yep, and and yep, because he's awesome, man. He, I love. Yeah, he, but he put it there, you know, in HBO being the boxing yeah. kings at the time. You look now, what's happened, and I always knew this because that was the first documentary that was marketed like a major gangster film. You right. know, I'm talking about like a major rollout yeah. mark, yeah. and it was the first docu documentary series that used the word event. Right. A docu-series event. Right. They do it at left, now, right, Now everyone now, does right? it, yeah. Gotcha. Back then, the eyeballs for, if you look at something as big as Big Little Eyes, the scripted series, they go, well, no doc could ever be at this level. Guess what? We're there now. Right. Last Dance. Tiger King. I knew we were going to be there because I saw the numbers on Defiant Ones. Mm -hmm. And we were one inch away from those big scripted dramas. Right. And big scripted feature films. You know, so we're there now. It's no longer the lightweight division. You know, it it, it is. It's punching at its weight, you know, and it's not a waste of time. But Man, you know what that crazy. goes to, though? That goes to just your intuition and, like, you. Going with your gut. Yeah, yeah and, ju and just following it, you know, and, and it's tricky because you can't always trust it. But, you know, every once in a while, you got to fucking take a flyer on your own intuition. and. Yeah, you know, no doubt. Mean, but be listening. You can make the wrong. Can choice I say one last right thing though? Yeah, yeah, of course, because man. you know, I just want to say one last thing about it because it, it is a game changer for me. When I called uh, Michael Lombardo to pitch him on a Dr. Dre documentary, right? I called him. I said, "What if I could? What if I told you I can get the most enigmatic hip hop artist of all time to open up and talk about his life?" He said, "Who?" I said, "Dr. Dre." Green light, he said. This is like when Beach was really in Dre. Yeah. When you mm -hmm. don't never see Dre. Right. Is this now? Right. Was this prior to the sale of Beats? Uh, yes. Right. This is so, two years. So that prior. happens wow. in the dock. Yeah. While while we're shooting. Yes, because I remember the that scene. Went down. Right. Right. So keep in mind, I'm approaching HBO for a Dr. Dre documentary. Right. Right. Gotcha. What people don't know is I had a deal with Jimmy Iovine, a record deal in the. I know Jimmy. That's my man. Right. Right. So when. Lombardo goes, green light, which you never hear. I never hear the word green light my whole career. He said, green light. We got one problem. I said, what's the problem? He goes, Jimmy Ivey just walked out of here with an Interscope documentary. I said, I'll call you right back. I went, bing, 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 bing. I was like, holy. So your gut, I was like, this is better. I, I knew right wow, away. Wow, so that's how it better. formed. So you didn't walk in there with both guys. I walked in there with Dr. Dre. When he told me that Jimmy, they just, they just signed off on Jimmy doing an Interscope documentary. I went, holy fuck, I got the idea. Back, the reason why I wanted to take it longer is because 
back to what I feel white guy, black guy took over the world. You know, I was more into that right. than a singular story. I go, I know what I'm biracial. Right. I'm damn near bipolar. I just right. ain't bisexual. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, like, I get I like I get that noise. I get what that is. I know what that is. I know what that's going to do for people. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. Uh, you know, again, that dovetail, seeing each guy's life individually, everything they've accomplished, and then yeah. how they... Wove it together. You know, yes, how they, how they came together and, and then exploded this thing, this yeah. project. Fucking crazy. Thank you for letting me go over, gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank, thank you. Thanks for you, Alan. Man. We got to do a part two with him. Yeah, hell yeah, yeah, man. I want you to come back, you know. I'll tell you where the bodies is, man. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get you back in here. Bro, we can talk, we can talk for a million hours. No, I want you know, I want to I make you part of the Brothers Special Edition conversation, too, because, I, I, you know... Brothers or Brothers? No, like, actually, <laughs> Brothers, because I think it's so... You know, we'll get into this later, but, you know, you had this long working relationship with yeah. your brother, Albert, and I used to yeah. bust your balls all the time right. on the Iceberg Slim thing, going, yo, you're doing it with Albert, too. I want the thing to say, Hughes Brothers, and you'd be like, yo, Albert's not coming. You need to stop. Just stop with the Albert. You know what I mean? Like, half of the, the Jackson 5 was half cute for the first five years, man. Because <laughs> I know my brothers are all brilliant guys yeah. at what they do, but like our dynamics are so, you know, wildly different in process. So at some later date, you got to come back and talk about back. just what it's like. I'm to with it. With family. I'm with it because, listen, it is what it is. Thank Alan you, Hughes, thank, Alan you, Hughes. thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, thank you. Much, my man. My appreciate you. Thank, thank you for bro. coming on. Boom! <laughs> the pandemic pound. Yes, sir. So, Mesa, you probably don't remember me, but I met you with my really good friend, Fonsworth Bentley, years ago. And I was in one of your music videos. It was called When I See You. And I'm dancing in the street, and you guys had this whole reverse thing going. Oh, right, right, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. That was the first time I met you. So, it's uh, it's good to see you again and talk about about all the things that you have going on. We're going to dive right into some music. What's going on with you right now with music? Uh, okay, so I'm, I'm, we're, we're wrapping up a new album. It's, it's going to drop at the end of August, probably. Wait till y'all hear it. Oh, my God. I got the, <laughs> I'm telling nobody believes me. It's crazy. I got the biggest song of the century. Oh, I, I love it. it. Claim it. it. Claim it. You, you no, I'm telling you. Everybody's like, yeah, whatever, dude. But I'm telling you. Wait till you hear it. Well, I think like, that's kind of like, you know, the blessing to having one of the greatest voices ever. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And then, so that that's like the probably the end of August the album. But uh, there's a the song out now called "Thinking of You" that's out. Mm-hmm. Um, the live version just dropped today, and then and then we have two more songs from the album coming out this month. But the album album is end of end of August. Did you uh, come up with a title for the album yet? Um, it's called the reset. The reset. The reset. The reset. And mm-hmm. and, and why is that? Sounds sounds like all our lives. I know, right? We're resetting everything exactly. now. Exactly. That's a, that's you just told me what to say when people ask me that question. It's all of our lives. And I feel like 2020 made everybody want to kind of reset them their lives. You know, I, I went through a lot. Um, my my cousin Andre Harrell, uh, he passed last year, and you know Kobe Bryant, Pop Smoke. I, I mean, the list can yeah. go on and on. So I think we all need a reset. So I think the title of your album is, is extremely appropriate. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's definitely, definitely a time of uh, more self awareness, right? Being locked in your house and 
really yeah. looking at your circles, the people you love, who to keep closest, you know, yeah. looking at your health, like perspective, yeah. perspective and values and priorities, you know? Totally. I mean, I gained like 30 pounds and argued with my mom the whole time, but <laughs> it, was, it was good. I, I got to be, my, my mom was there, so, you know, my mom's a really good cook and she, she gave me some cooking secrets. Nice. You know, stuff like that. I watched a lot of TV. But, you know, then that got old. And then, you know, I think the last couple of weeks I kind of got up and, you know, started actually doing stuff, you know. So when you were under the quarantine and everybody was locked down, I feel like Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime became everybody's, like, soulmate. So what was your favorite show during the whole quarantine lockdown? Okay, I watched, like, 90 shows. Let me think. You know what I actually got attached to that nobody ever really talks about is Animal Kingdom. I started watching that like nonstop. I haven't seen it, but everybody loves it. Animal Kingdom? Yeah, everybody I knows telling things. me to watch Animal Kingdom. It's like National Geographic. No, type. no, <laughs> man. It's based on, uh, it was like an Australian movie. It's like, uh, like kind of like a family outlaw, you know, family, like an outlaw family, right? Oh, oh, I thought it was like yeah, some, yeah. some yeah. bears eating deers and shit. No, no, no. No. It's not, it's not a Nat Geo show. Oh, because I got caught up in actual national... Animal Kingdom, yeah. Yeah, yeah Animal Kingdom, yeah. like National Geographic. Yeah. It's yeah. like... Yeah. A moose can fuck yeah. some shit up. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> like, for real. Like, if you ever seen a moose get upset, like, you don't want to fuck with a moose. Yeah, that's what Macy wanted to learn about, uh, you know, the uh, the food chain and yeah, the Animal yeah. <laughs> Kingdom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I want to learn about nature over the pandemic. <laughs> And, and listen, yeah. we're going to be bouncing around, obviously, talking about different things. And, you know, we, we're talking about music because, obviously, you know, that's where I first fell in love with you. Uh, you know, the acting and everything else came later. But for you, when you think about music and the state of music and where we are in music, like, what do you miss? What do you like? And what's your favorite album of all time? I know it's a mouthful. Okay. Of all time. All time. If you if you had to go on another quarantine, lockdown forever. Don't say that. Oh. I know, with right? one album. With one album. <laughs> Not, only get one yeah. album. I'll give you two because you, you make it. You're on a great. desert island during the quarantine. <laughs> during the quarantine. <laughs> with one album. You make okay. You get two albums. I'd have, I'd have to take one of mine just for my own self esteem. I'd have to, you know, That's be able right. to, you That's know, right. remember. Remember that I'm okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, so you don't you don't have a problem listening. Like obviously you listen to your own voice, but I'm saying, yeah. I, can you disconnect enough from that to have mm-hmm. like an objective kind of opinion about things? How how's the objectivity with that? Like later, because when I first you know when you first do it, it's like the greatest thing you know. And but like some of my albums, I, 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 some of my songs I've heard back like you know maybe ten years ago, and I was like, oh my god, that's terrible. You know, so, but at the time when you're in it, it's, it sounds good, of course. Right, so, right, right, exactly. It's the same thing with kind of writing, creating. Um, I can't yeah. listen to my own voice, so I would never listen to myself on a podcast, but it's obviously <laughs> different for you and, and what you do. So It's yeah. hard for me to watch myself. Like, when I do TV shows, I never, uh, I never watch it. I yeah, I don't like to watch myself either, you know? Yeah. Unless well, I'm taking can- the picture. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just get so wrapped up in all the little mistakes and then it just brings me down. That's yeah, it's just, it's everybody's got a different process for, you know, we're all kind of creative yeah. in our own way and everybody has to find yeah. that process. You know what, it's interesting that you said that everything sounds great when you first hear it back, right? 
It's like, um, but then as time passes, you might reflect and look differently on it because you've grown as an artist. So, I mean, that's a process of maturation, which, I mean, I have the same thing about scripts I wrote, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. So you're stuck on this island. You got your album. What's the second album? <laughs> we going back to that. Oh, God. I probably, okay, let me think. I probably take, uh, it's hard, really difficult. This is maybe the hardest question of the century. <laughs> I think, uh, you know what I would take probably Led Zeppelin too. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Now you're talking, should... you talking Rob style. Yeah, I can tell. I he just got excited a little bit. Yeah, I was like, huh? He was like, huh? Yeah. That, that, vape, that vape pen kicked in. That like, vape pen came in. <laughs> it, it really, I got, I'm not going to lie, man. I hit it like three, four times before we started. Yeah, because yeah, you, you're a real I'm like, mellow. I'm on another vibe. Yeah, right you're now. real mellow. I just, she talks, but I hear like, you know, I try just singing, playing in my head. Like, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you got your album, you got Led Zepp, and, 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 you know, keeping it going about, you know, with, with music. You know, when mm-hmm. you think about politics and you think about music, I feel like back in the day they went hand in hand. You know, Marvin Gaye, what's going on uh, on this new album? Will you approach uh, uh, political issues on your album? Will you talk? Because everybody know what's going on with the flag, you know, and and and, and, and that's trending everywhere. Which I absolute salute you on. Uh, they 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 need to redesign that shit. Wow, I didn't I didn't know that was your position. That's my position because you know <laughs> you know why that's my position? I'm from South Carolina and I grew up in a town called Lynchburg, right. South Carolina. And people always ask me, "Why why don't you go home and visit?" I was like, "Because I'm from Lynchburg, South Carolina. They should change the name of the town." So, you know, Paul Mooney said it best. Betsy Ross didn't make that flag. It was a bunch of slaves. They were sleep. She was sleeping. And some black women was putting the stars on it and the stripes and all that shit. But it wasn't made for us. So I think that they should revisit the flag. I think the flag should include everybody. And and if we're if, if we're part of the American dream, I want to see me in that flag and I don't see me in that flag to me that that flag is just like the confederate flag and I grew up in South Carolina so when I was in elementary school the the, the American flag went up and right after that the confederate flag went up so to me they're the same fucking flag uh let's yeah let's back it up just like to, like you know yeah so move it back a second how how does so where does the op-ed piece it was for market market watch right yeah so where, where does that start like, how does that... What was the inspiration behind it? And who makes the introduction? Are you like, I want to write a piece? They come to you? Is it a conversation you had with someone? Where, where does that begin? Uh, it really, uh, like you said, it, it's, 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 uh, I think a lot of people do not feel that that flag uh, represents, you know. Like, uh, look, if you, if, you, if you read about it, so George Washington, you know, story goes, he went to Betsy Ross and said he wanted a flag that would promote unity and freedom because a war was going on. So to me, that flag doesn't doesn't present that. Um, Based on how it's been treated and what it's been used to represent the people that 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 wave it, you know, with with their own uh, agenda behind it. So, So to me, if, if it doesn't say the same thing to everybody, then it's not for everybody. That's but right. we all live here. So I'm saying make a flag that everybody 
uh, is unified or make a, a, a flag that everybody can celebrate? Why, why do some people have to get anxiety over that flag? But I think the same, I think the same people that probably right. put you on that train of thought, the people present at the Capitol insurrection, right, that are waving it, right. you know, they, they kind of, they kind of go on this narrative that they're the true patriots. So they'll, right. that's, you have to know that that far right leaning population's never going to say, let's get a new flag. So then is the real question is, if we have like multiple flags, like how do we maybe keep that flag, but modify it in a way that, you know what I mean? Like, is, is there a middle ground? I guess what I'm asking, you know, in, in how that, you know, that kind of conversation plays out. Like how, how what is the. What is the compromise there for, you know? Um, I don't think you have to find a compromise. It's not It's not up to us. You know, I think the last flag, the last flag was designed by, the flag we have now, designed by a 17-year-old kid. He did it for a school project. And he and he added two stars. It were 48 states right. at the time. It's a true story. And, and Hawaii and Alaska were asking for statehood. And he, and he added the two stars just in case. This is just a 17-year-old kid. And the president said... Why not? It's not. It's up to the president. It's not anything that we all get to vote on. Historically, maybe Biden will change that. But um, that's why everybody's like, who do you think you are redesigning the flag? And I'm, I'm just like, you know, Betsy Ross, you know, worked on a farm. Anybody can do it. If, and right, I'm down. But, if somebody yeah, comes right, up with that, something you like better, then let's do it. But the, the meaning of the flag has changed. And so I'm saying that it needs to be redesigned because... A lot of people don't feel safe with that flag. We don't feel like I totally agree. When I when I drive through neighborhoods and I see the American flag outside someone's home, I don't feel like that's a house I can visit. I don't feel like I'm welcome in that house. You know, when when I see it, it just makes me feel. And like I say, and maybe it's because I'm from the deep south. So to for me, the American flag and the Confederate flag are the same fucking flag. I mean, they still carry the Confederate flag. People are still going to carry this yeah. one, but I'm saying, I'm saying, what's wrong with Travis? All these Leonard Skinner shirts. The, the I had all these Leonard Skinner concert tees. I'd never wear them now. Obviously, you know what I mean. It's just Confederate everything. Yeah, Confederate things. everything. Yeah. You never really look at it. All you look at is Leonard Skinner. But then when you start to break it down, listen. My favorite show was The Dukes of Hazard when I was a kid. Right. And they drove a, a Dodge Charger, the General Lee, with the Confederate right. flag on the top. Right. And I love Bo and Luke Duke. But right. now, as an adult, when I look at it, I was like, oh, shit, they were just some good old boys. You right. know what I mean? <laughs> and when you think about it now in hindsight, you know, it was it, they were promoting something totally different. Yeah, but I don't even think they knew what they were probably promoting. Oh, no. I mean, I mean like, they were just probably just showing up and Yeah, their hair shit. was too nice to you know what I mean? even think about it. Macy, what's the reaction been, like, directed at you, you know? Are you, like, navigating a sea of trollers? Are you getting a lot of support? Yeah. A lot, most... A lot of, you know, trollers, a lot of, like, hate, like, you calling me names and all this other stuff. You know, all I did was make a suggestion. It's, it's just an idea. But I think that it needs to be getting discussed. You know, that's all I'm trying to do is just get it out there so they so they at least start the process. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was kind it, of the question I want to know is, like, why you? Like, how did this start with you? How come nobody else has said this? I never heard anybody say this until I... Saw TMZ, Macy Gray, we should change the flag. 
Like, how do you do? Why do you wake up and it's like Monday? You go, you know what? This is the way I feel, and I, I want to do an op-ed piece, and and somebody calls yeah. on your behalf. Like, how, how does like? That's exactly what happened. I, I wrote the piece. I wrote down how I was feeling, and uh, and then I gave it to my uh, PR, and she pitched it to a bunch of uh, editorials. Most, I think, fourteen turned it down, and then Market Watch liked it, but they held on to it for a week because they wanted it to hit on Juneteenth. So that right. was their idea. Got you. Got you. Got you. Speaking of Juneteenth, yeah. what are your thoughts on it becoming a national holiday? And that's amazing. I think, you know, the yeah. more holidays, the more chances we all get to celebrate and take a day off and drink and have barbecue, you know. Absolutely. I don't know what the official celebration is going to be, you know, like July 4th, we're all going to go watch the, you know. Fireworks. I don't know if you've established what you do on Juneteenth yet, but. Well, you know, you know like there are parts of the United U.S. I was, I took a hike with somebody today who was telling me that a district in, um, like a county in New Jersey is getting rid of the names of all holidays. They they do not want to like title any of the holidays anymore, and kids are being told, like, have a good holiday weekend, like, or have a good day off. That's have what a good they're calling. Oh wow! Have a good weekend off. Have a good week off. Have a good day off. Like they're not calling it the holidays anymore, because they feel like that people are offended by certain religions, ethnicities, like their specific holidays. Mm, that's deep. It's kind of wild. So, yeah, that's kind of wild. Yeah. That's- that's crazy. So we can't say Merry Christmas and have a great... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen with that, but that's just one one county in Jersey. You have to find out the exact thing. What part of Jersey is that? Wow. It's, it's a county <laughs> with an M. With an M. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, all that, that, that's how you remember. <laughs> no, I'll look it up, man. It, yeah, yeah. I, I think the, the holiday, to me, is, is great. But, you know, agreeing with Macy, I don't know what, how we're going to celebrate it. I don't know right. if we'll have barbecues and fireworks like what are we gonna do yeah it's like i don't know if it's like a remembrance kind of thing like a high holiday in the jewish holidays you know yom kippur where you're actually like atoning for things but or if it's a day to just go you know reflect on you know how far we've come how far we haven't come to really just kind of yeah look at everything it's interesting i don't know i think it's because you know 420 only comes once we need another weed holiday yeah we need another weed holiday I, I can agree, agree with that. I can agree, I can agree with, with that. that. We need another weed right. holiday. We got 420. <laughs> what about 520, 620, 720? <laughs> Does it have to be in the 20s? It have to be in the 20s. It could be in the teens. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like it. <laughs> what else? What else? What are we talking about? What else is going on? Everything, you know? It's just a wild, wild west out here. <laughs> Tell us more I'm, about your My Good Foundation and some of the work that you guys have been doing over there for the last few years. All right. So, well, we're actually only a year old, but My Good, what we do is we support the families who have lost loved ones due to police violence. Oh, wow, wow. So, when you see those stories on television, we step in and we help out the families, you know, help them get back on their feet. It's most, mostly uh, mental health services that mm-hmm. get requested um and uh but you know people need all kind of stuff here you know help with funerals because here's the thing you know i know that it's it's right they, they call it a black issue but more actually more white people are shot by the police every year than anybody right. it's proportionately a black thing but um it's everybody's issue but one thing everybody nobody ever talks about is when you see those stories 
all of those kids are in the hood. None of them, you know, living in Beverly Hills or the Hamptons. Hamptons. It, ha it happens in lower class uh, neighborhoods, and that's what needs to be addressed. Is is why the police uh, feel like it's okay to, you know, go buck wild in those neighborhoods. Those but, yeah, because right. you know, you know, growing up in in an inner city myself, you know, a lot of times when people lost their their sons or their kids to you know to the you know, police shootings those families then went in debt, you know, to bury their kids. You know what I mean? Because they couldn't afford to bury them properly or they, you know, they'll, they'll do little family gatherings and people would, you know, back then they didn't have like GoFundMe's and stuff like that. So a lot of times people would literally go in debt because the average, a nice funeral was like nine grand. But most people don't have like nine grand laying around to bury somebody. Right. So that's why a lot of people get cremated. Right, so that's what that's what my good does. We we help out with stuff like that. There's a story of a mom. She was like a her son. Well, you know the story of Oscar Grant, Fruit Fruit Station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Right, so she she was just telling me, it made me cry. So when her son was shot, uh, she scraped up the money for the funeral. But you know, all his friends are kids. They're like nineteen, twenty, and none of them had a suit. So she's you know she just needed four hundred dollars to get all the Paul Barry suits because uh, she wanted them to look nice at her son's funeral you know so stuff like that wow um, we step in and support but there are you know mothers that went homeless after because they suffered so much depression that they couldn't work you know and they don't tell you about stuff like that but right. uh, but that's what we do and anybody who wants to support or donate it's mygood.org. 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 Wow. That's beautiful. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of advocacy you, you, you're doing. And, um, you know, and it's uh, it's pretty amazing. It's not a lot. I mean, we, we all should pitch in and do something. I mean, I'm doing my good, and, and I, I'm really passionate about this whole uh, flag thing. You know, I, I just, to me, it's just about messaging. It's just about... You know, this is a, a country, we're the most integrated country in the world, right? That, that, that's what we're known for. Like, you take culture out of the USA, right. and what do you have? You don't have a military, you don't have, you really don't have much, you know what I mean? We will have a hard time competing with Canada, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, if that's what we do, that's what built this country, that is what, uh, that's why we're all here, then why not celebrate it? Why not? put it in the flag and, and, and let everybody know that we're all in this together, that that this is not a country where, where we fight. Like all of us are here. So so in the flag, you'll see that the stars are the colors of everybody's skin tone from yours to mine. Right. And it just sends the message. Like they were always begging Donald Trump, please say, you know, something that everybody's included and, and that racism is bad. But I'm saying, Save all these guys the trouble because all they care about is getting elected and just put it in the flag, you know, right. and it sends a message like this is everybody's country. That's all. I'm just trying to bring everybody together. But it's it's the little things like that. And they matter, right. you know. Yeah. Well, you know, people of all religions, ethnicities, colors, you know, they 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 all fought and died for that flag, too. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So. You what know, they died for all... a flag. No, no but no. I'm saying like they died in service to our country. I'm talking about the, you know, the people who actually served. I'm saying that was the flag they were doing it for. Exactly. So so we, we shouldn't be uh, honoring a flag that, that represents 
hate not to everyone but to enough people where 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 it matters you know people are kneeling on and, and burning and, and turning their back to it and to me that that's that's a hint like maybe we need to redo it my thing is why not like what's everybody you know tripping on it's, yeah. it's been changed many times like what what's wrong with it well do you time? think but do you think there's been so much change so fast it, i mean things have really progressed in the last four or five years on yeah. on all fronts on and all, fronts. all of yeah. the movements yeah. we've had here in the states do you think it's a lot for certain people to, to digest that much at once and maybe that's why there's pushback on things that someone would look at and go, you know what, that kind of in- inclusivity, that's that's obvious. But to other people, so much change is so scary, right? Yeah, yeah. To most people, I mean, change, change to everybody's a little bit a little scary. scary. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, I'm really nervous about doing this podcast because it's new <laughs> shit. But you're doing a great job. Uh, you're doing good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, change is scary. And, and I think that's the whole pushback. It's just fear. It's like, Oh no! Well, then what? Then what's gonna happen? I get that, but it's gonna change anyway. Right. You know, like I said, the flag has been redesigned twenty six times. It's gonna, it's gonna happen. Like all the twenty year old kids coming up, they're they're gonna want to change the flag. Right. Yeah, I, I love. Listen, I love Puerto Rico as a state. I think it's dope. I think there'll be a lot of people there who are mad at you because like they're using it as like a tax haven. <laughs> and you're gonna fuck that up, right? And then I think. D.C., I don't know. Is D.C. really big enough to be a state? I mean, isn't it like a town? You know what I mean? Like, I've only been there like once or twice yeah, yeah. when I was block. younger, like Georgetown, <laughs> shit like that. But it's 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 kind of small, you know? Like, I mean, do these guys really need their own state, all these politicians? Do we got to give them a state? Can't they just have, like, a neighborhood? You know what I mean? Like, they, 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 they just have, They've been you know? lobbying for, for statehood for a long time. Right. And then Biden Biden said that he thinks uh, D.C. should be a state. And it's, it's Washington, D.C. It has... There's a comma Yeah, but you know that. what those guys right. are going to do? Those guys are going to give themselves, like, the best tax breaks. Oh, they have the they're best gonna, tax the breaks. Best oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They have the best benefits for the state, right? Healthcare is going to be amazing. The roads are perfect, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? Like, yeah. yeah, you'll be like, wow, D.C. is just such a perfect place to live. It's yeah, utopia, it's, it's, you know? <laughs> <laughs> have an honor. That's so funny. It could happen. Yeah, it could happen. But you, so, well, you, you, I, you have, three, you have uh, three children. Did I read that correct? Yes, I have three grown ass kids who get on my nerves. Wow, I can't, I, yeah, it's kind of weird. I can't, I can't really picture you with grown children. But how much, how much do the children inspire the soul? Like this conversation yeah. is deep, yeah. on the sense that you, it's pretty clear you have a soul, you know, and you, in terms of advocacy, you don't even see it as like, hey, I'm being an advocate. You just go, hey, I'm doing what I think I should be doing. Yeah, which is trying to move things forward in the right thing. How much of that? you know, was inspired by having the kids. Because I know the difference. I have a five-year-old son, and I know the difference it's made in my life, you know, um, and the way I see the world and the kind of world I don't leave behind for my kids. But how yeah. much do you attribute to, to having children? Like, if you had if you had no kids, you'd be like, I don't, I don't give a shit about anything. You know what I mean? Like, you'd just be like, like, you're like I don't give a fuck. Like, it is what it is, right? It you is know? what it is. But you got, you got these kids, you're like, oh, you know, I'm not going to be here forever. I hope it's good yeah, for yeah, my grandkids. Exactly. Yeah, but you got nothing. These people with no kids, they just don't, they, they're like, oh, I'm going on vacation. Like, yeah, they're yeah, just yeah. not thinking, they're thinking about shit. Oh, I know. Can I tell you, when people who don't have kids complain, I'm, I just turn off. I'm like, you know, yeah. you have to look after one person. 
be quiet. You know? Yeah. yeah. Or, or, or when people or when people without kids tell you about like, hey, I am a parent because I got a dog. Oh, I hate those people. Don't, that, that's because I was a, oh, I was always, a dog dad yeah. multiple times. Um, right. And I'm like, I know it's like to be responsible. You don't, you don't I got to like go home. I got to feed my dog. But you, you're not really responsible to you tell your five year old kid, listen, hey, I want you to jump in the bath. And he's like, fuck you. I yeah, yeah. <laughs> then you then you really learn about how, what real responsibility exactly. looks like, you know? I know that's why you can't teach them those words because then they start saying them to you. And yeah, you but you know they're gonna hear them in my house, man. You know, and, and I'm straight up like, listen, this is this is not a democracy. This is a hypocrisy. I tell you not to do things that I'm going, going to, to do, do right in front of you. Right in front that's of you. That's the way this house is gonna work. Yeah, all day. I know. I but used to my sneak around boy. the corner and smoke weed, and now I just I gave up because. <laughs> They caught me a long time ago. You know? Well, it's kind of hard, you know, when I, like, literally, I never, I mean, I never smoked weed growing up. I just started, like, smoking weed over the pandemic and just hit that vape pen right now. Yeah. Even though it's only, like, one, it's, like, five to one CBD to, to THC, but yeah. that's how, there's, what a lightweight I have. Oh, wow. I'm, like, wow. Yeah. I'm really there's feeling that shit right now. You're but, like, nothing. when I was growing up, it would be, like, you know, my dad saying, hey, you want a beer? And you're, like, 15. You're, like, Yeah. But if I smoked weed, he would have fucking gone nuclear oh, on me. Um, I mean, it would have been like oh, it would have been like the you know the fucking the button was pushed on the bomb. Oh, oh been, yeah, oh, yeah. Weed was like crack cocaine. If they right, because you they didn't weed. know it's a gateway drug. It's you know what did they know? They they grew up. That generation from the fifties grew up with that um, Reefa Madness movie where the guy's head is like blowing off his neck. Oh yeah, my, from, like, <laughs> no, my hitting the reefer. You know, my, my dad would jump straight to if you smoke a joint, you do heroin. I'm yeah, like, what? Right. It does. It does. Stuff. Too, but how? How is it? How would you be able to push back against your smoking his son smoking weed when now you walk outdoors in L.A. It's just this, man, there's man. more. Yeah, there's more. There's more canna yeah. shops than there are liquor stores. You know what I mean? It's it's everywhere. Yeah, plus they promote it as wellness. What are you going to do? I gave up. I, like, okay. Yeah. I, I, mean, think, I, I think it's wellness. My, my mother still yells at me if, if she sees weed in my room and stuff. But, but <laughs> it's hard now. You're right. Especially if you live in L.A. It's yeah, like, it's super. Yeah. I mean, I believe it probably has some benefits. Like, you know, it's definitely not helping me get my ass to a gym. That's for sure. I smoked this weekend. The next day, I was just like, I'm, I was know, lazy. I'm like, I'm going to take today off. Today's my day off. Meanwhile, before I smoked, I had a vision of myself doing like So you're smoking indica. No, he's smoking indica. You got to smoke a hybrid no, to get I you up. No, I smoked a hybrid. I only smoke hybrid. I won't really? smoke indica, man. Dude, I, I smoked an indica like two months ago. It's the only time I like fired up an indica joint. And I was moving upstairs, and my upper body was going, but I felt like my lower body wasn't moving, but it was. And I was like, man, lightweight shit. Just lightweight shit. You're still still a rookie. Yeah, some some people can't handle anything. Yeah. Oh, and and when you get older, all it does is put you to sleep. So don't worry about it. See, I can only – I like hybrid. I like shit that brings me up. Don't bring me down. You see, but I can't fuck with the hi- – I, I, I love the hybrid. I can't just have um, um, not indica. Sativa. Sativa. Sativa because then I run the risk of just having a heart attack and ex- exploding, imploding, and dying <laughs> after a panic attack. Guaranteed I'll just start sweating. Happen, but... I'll be like, uh, Macy, <laughs> so another thing. <laughs> I would be like a mess. Um, Macy, I really hope – this song changes the world. The song that you got coming out that's going to be the biggest song of all time. Because I actually the believe biggest. it. I actually think you're, you're going to have one of my favorite voices of all time. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. No, you're going to love it. I, I, I know I say that and you're like, oh, okay. But wait till you hear it. Are you writing everything? It. Do you collaborate with other, with other you know, lyricists, um, producers, musicians? How, how, how do you do it? 
Yes, yeah, so, so this album is actually uh, under the name Macy Gray and the California Jet Club. It's a, it's a band now, and it's it's my band that I've been touring with for the past few years. And and we went in the studio and uh, and we wrote all the songs together. And and the producer is um um Tommy Parker. He produced my last album, Ruby. He's awesome. So yes, yeah, totally a collaborative uh, thing. It's it's a movie, and and you're gonna love it. It's, we did a we did a, a a cover. Remember that song by Body Count Cop Killer? Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course. Not enough for that. Yeah. So we could do, we did a cover of that. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. I wish I wish I could just you know drop it into the chat, but I don't think they. Well, that was a that. that was a controversial song, yeah, man. Yeah, for sure, yeah. that Ice T. Yeah. Because I remember that was like, I feel like every like five to 10 years that comes back to kind of like Remind, haunt them in a way. Yeah, you cop know killer. what I mean? Like somebody kills a cop and then that becomes like what inspired it. Yeah, know? yeah, scary. So, scary. yeah. So, 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 Macy, we were just talking about having kids, and obviously it's our roles as parents to tell our kids they can do everything, they can do anything, that they're special. At what age did you realize that you were special? You had a gift, your voice, your style. At what age you was like, oh shit, I got some dope shit with me? God, like maybe five years ago. Oh wow! Okay, five years. Wait, five years old. Oh, five years old. And we. I both, thought she said five no, years five, ago. Five years ago. <laughs> yeah, she did say. You five said five years, years ago. ago. Yeah, that's when like I really got my shit together. And yeah, I realized that's great. That's what, what I'm saying. Wow. Yeah, I'm. I'm playing. I I'm see. I'm. I'm planning on getting my shit together and, and realizing I got something in about. 12 to 16, 18 months. <laughs> that's, that's my timeline. That's your timeline? Oh, yeah. I'm like, if I, if I, get, if I can't say that, then I'm right fucked. Now. Yeah. You know? Wow. No, sometimes in your evolution, that's what it takes, right? You look back and you go, oh, man, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I didn't know what I was doing. The game really started for me right here. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, the Rob yeah. Weiss pre-entourage game, post Amongst Friends, was filled with failures and learning lessons. Yep. And things that did not happen. But the real game where I felt like I understood the game a little bit better happened for me when Entourage began. Gotcha. So it was in that period. So I can understand you going like, you know, the first few albums, it's raw talent. It's not all coming together or it hadn't yeah. all been together. And then later on starting to go and this is when it gels. Well, I just, I just finally really understood like what, what I do best and what, what I have to offer and, and what I've should stick to and what I should let go of, you know. But I think, uh, you know, people think they're grown up, but you don't really, really, really settle into you like maybe 45. Gotcha. You know. Gotcha. I think we got to also set back the, you know, when we get done with a lot of the different um, kind of, agenda, I don't want to say agenda, it's not the right thing, but a lot of the different. Yeah. Pushing a lot of progressive movements. Yeah. I think we got to start them with the ageism. We have to get into the ageism. Because she's right. Motherfuckers don't really know who they are until they hit like 40-something. No, and if I, you're creative, the older yeah. you get in a weird way, you either keep going, right, till you die or, yeah. you know, or you kind of transcend to become this elder statesman, particularly in Hollywood or something mm -hmm. where you're advising, giving advice. But I, I actually think people get better and better and better. So I think, you know. At least that's the we, goal. We have to make a push for the 50-somethings, the 60-somethings. That's right. They, you know what? Well, I'll give them twenty five years. They could hate on me at seventy five. Fuck it. You know what I mean? No, it's just that it's just that like a qualified, you know, arrogance. Like, like I like 
you know, like now that I, I get it and I, I get why I'm here, like, you know, like I know I'm a bad bitch, you know. Like That's right. Say, That's right. And they just say it, but they don't even know why. Like I could, I could tell you why. And that happened like maybe five years ago. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or you can say something about me and, you know, I'll think about it and it might even hurt my feelings, but I, but I already know what I am. You know. mm. But a lot of people that happens a lot earlier, and some people never never figure that out. Yeah, that's, that's, true. that's, that's true. That's true. But once you get there, you can do anything. You can change the flag. You can you can be on your part podcast. You can do whatever. That's right. You can you can have the greatest song of the whole century. Of the whole century. <laughs> Hell yeah, man! I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait to hear the song. Likewise. <laughs> no, no, I'm, looking to I'm looking forward. It's, to it's it. almost done. It's you, got, you gotta send it over and give us a listen when you can, you know, when when you're ready to, when you're ready to share. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I'm yeah, yeah. Well, he keeps trying to ask a question, and every time he does, you guys cut him off. He always cut me off. He was going to ask you, you if you plan on touring. <laughs> Who me? Yeah, I, was I was trying to get deeper. I was asking if you have any upcoming concerts coming up. Yeah, touring. Nope. Okay. See, I knew the answer was going to be no. I knew the answer was going to be no, so I tried to go for other shit. Right, yeah, That's it. why you I'm like, let me dive Straight in for the, the deep point. shit. Love How it. much of right. your children inspired you to change the planet? <laughs> you know? She's like, they inspired me at all. I just got the idea for a fucking, <laughs> for an op-ed. And I was like, fuck it. I'm going to write this shit. Yo, I like him smoking weed. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. Canceled. Canceled. We're going out in 2022. 2022. 2022? Nice, nice. Good yeah. to know. Good to know. All right, dope. Wow. All right. wow, wow. Well, listen, first off, I just want to thank you for joining us. We are so new to this shit. This is like... like O'Neal was actually a replacement for another partner who spiraled off the planet. You yeah, know? no. They looked up and they was like, hold on for a second. We need a black guy. And they, they called me. And I showed okay. up. It's yeah. not even true. You know, there wasn't even a conversation about color. Race. I know, and, I know, and, I know. and Nathan just goes, what about O'Neal? And I go, yo, it's a great idea. But later, the optics of it were like, yo, that is a much better look, a much better idea yeah. for the vibe and the voice of this show. There you go. But at first, I was just like, yo, fucking O'Neal's cool. He's the one with the right, daughter. Right, and, right, right. and all that. Yeah. yeah. Good shit. Yeah. yeah, that's true. No, that's cool. If you're serious, that's amazing. If you really just no, it's really oh, no, true. It's, it's no, like, we just met. It's re- it's very you very are, true. You are our sixth guest right yeah. now, but we have well, a big, big, the, big roster of people coming up. Well, what's the show like? So you just the three of you, and you just talk about. It. Well, yeah, the idea for the show was like you know the cray, right? You can see it behind us, and it was because yeah. you know we're all coming out of this. You know, we're all coming out of this pandemic, and frankly, the world is fucking crazy. You yeah. know what I mean? It just is. And I say to these guys, like, I, I dodge crazy in my life. Like, it's like a zombie movie. I feel like every time I turn around, I'm in, like, some scenario <laughs> that I'm like, what the fuck universe is this, right? Because, yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's a really great conversation to try to figure out where it's all kind of stemming from. I don't know if it's bots. I don't want to sound like conspiracy theorists. It but is. there's so much going on. So we were like, hey, it's the Cray, you know, and, like, we want to have fun convos about it. And go, Macy, you know, we know what you're doing, right? It's controversial right now. The conversation, mm-hmm. you know, the narrative that you have st- at least taken a position in and wrote about. Um, right. So we don't have to ask you about what you're dealing with. That's crazy because mm-hmm. that is just a big thing that yeah. you might look back on down the road and go, whoa, I had a crazy idea. And I wrote this yeah. piece and yeah. I got people thinking and talking and really kind of, you know. 
At the very least, if the flag doesn't change, it's part of the conversation. No, and, and, and that's what I love about you this conversation I mean? is like when it started to uh, trend and all these like you know on, on the internet or whatever. I kind of got mad at myself because I was like, damn, I was like, I should have said something. I feel like sometimes people just walk around not saying shit. And the fact that you said something and getting this conversation going is so important. So I applaud you for that. Right. And, you know, but I'm saying it is, you know what I mean? I wasn't trying to imply that I think it was crazy idea. What I'm saying is it's just, you know what I mean? These are conversations that are unprecedented. Yeah, of course. So that's what I mean about the times and the, yeah. the you know the progression and everything else. But yeah, so the idea was basically the cray, we're crazy, life is crazy, you know, the world is crazy. Let's just chop it up, have a great conversation, and maybe inspire some people talking about our own crazy. That's right. Well, love it. That's great. Yeah. You all well, you got to do, good. Thank you. Hey, thanks. You know, we also want to let you know we've been using some of your music as our theme song and our transition. I'm only kidding. <laughs> she was like, hold on. Where's that raw team? She was like, she's like, she was like legal team. She was like, hold on. <laughs> thanks, Missy. No, I'm going to send you some records you can use. Oh, oh please that do. Would if you, that would be crazy. That would be no amazing. pun intended. Dang, right. That would be crazy. <laughs> that would be crazy. <laughs> she's like, she's like, it was an empty gesture. I was only kidding. Hey, I was only kidding. She's like, I'm never gonna <laughs> talk. No, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> awesome. We're gonna oh, do I'm, some. Show. I'm, I'm listening. You know, I'm gonna be a fan. Thank you so much. Thanks, appreciate Macy. You. We appreciate, appreciate you coming Thank on you for so taking much. the time today to hang out with us. I really appreciate it. All right. All right stay Thank safe. You. Thank you. God bless. All right. Bye. Take care. Bye. Macy Gray. Macy Gray. Crazy. Love fucking Macy Gray. But yo, it was an amazing episode. Great episode. Macy Gray. Alan Hughes. Alan Hughes. Gotta thank Alan Hughes. And we gotta yo. thank him. And of course, every episode brought to you by our dear friends over at Mercari. Yes. The Best Cray Store. Marketplace. Yes. The Cray Store is now live on Mercari. We got some cool products. We got Privé Revo shades on there. We got from a, Ashley Benson. From Ashley Benson. We got Adam Carolla's latest book. We got Perez Hilton's memoir. We got a limited edition card by Robert Ori. And. Wow. We got some personal stuff in there That's too, personal. right? Yeah, yeah. What do you got in there? I, you know, I think I'm gonna give away. I'm gonna well sell uh, one of my swimsuits from my swimsuit collection, Neon Sunset. Love nice. it. Yeah, nice. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give away my hair piece, bro, because I just started growing my own, man. So yeah. I'm gonna give away yeah. my first hair piece. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna find something personal. I haven't fully landed on it yet. You know what I mean? But. Am I supposed to know right now? You give me like scary eyes. Why can't yeah. it just go up and be a surprise? This guy was literally doing surprise. spring cleaning and threw away Yeezys that he's never worn. What? Now he doesn't know. Now he doesn't know what he's going to do. Because I want to make donate. it personal. I want to give some entourage shit. I got to find go. it at my okay. house. Okay. Maybe I'll fucking give away, like, sell one of my Emmy nomination certificates or something. That's, you know? oh. That's actually kind of dope. Dude, I don't know where they are. They're in a box. Like, my kid's mother always yells at me, like, you need to save that stuff for your, your son. I'm like, well, well, like what the fuck's he going to do? With well, you yeah. know what I mean? So I. Room with it, yeah, you know? I, don't, I don't understand. Hey, you don't know Carlos' decorating plans. I don't even know he's going to college <laughs> or going to be in a dorm either. That part. <laughs> I uh, I spoke with my dear friends over at Sprayground, who, as you know, they're one of the leading backpack company brands out there. Um, they all their the unique thing about the brand is all their stuff is limited edition. Gotcha. So they'll make like a hundred of them, never make it again. Um, so I got some really cool limited edition bags that will never be created Look at again. You. So I'm gonna hook one of them up and I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw one into the huh? store and and one lucky nice. lucky nice. guy or girl can go ahead and purchase it and there you go. and you know 
wear it on their back every day. Yeah, maybe day. I'll get some like Riga Machado like jujitsu gear, some geese and cool there stuff. There you go. The ideas are flowing. It's flowing. Yeah. Jump uh, on the crate store on Macari and see what we the settled best. on. The best. Yeah. Like we would be here without them, but we wouldn't be whole. We wouldn't be the people There'd we are. There'd be a big part of us missing. Yeah. Exactly. Best we love, part of we me. Love we love you, Macari. Yeah. We'll be back All next right, week with more of the Craig. See you next week. The Craig.